This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling grateful that you have arrived. 11.30 a.m. Wave 94.1 and it's called Escape. Escape. I know it's hard to believe with all of the news reports and the phone calls and the entire atmosphere feels so negative. But I have good news for you. Heaven Israel and heaven was here before you or I arrived. And so you're listening to Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And today we're really going to talk about something kind of weird. And it's called enmity between the seas, equal unity with heaven. That's a paradox. I don't understand it, but it's what came from the Lord today for us. And, um, you know, what we're wondering is how God knew all before all was created, the heavens, the angelic beings, the earth, mankind, and even the decisions that all would make. God already knew all that, but he kept, God kept his faith alive through his covenants with mankind. He would know himself. That's his destiny through union. That's our destiny with Adam. Separation of his creation, however, was required before the eternal union could take place. Amen. Sounds like revelation. <laughs> so let's get started. This is quite a journey today. And just grab your Bible. We're going to learn a lot from the Word of God, starting with Genesis, the third chapter, when the Lord prophesied and declared and decreed that he would put enmity himself, he would do it, between the serpent and the woman and between the serpent seed and the woman seed. And then we go to... We're going to roll today, Genesis, the 24th chapter, where we're seeing Rebecca and how her family blessed her and said, thou art our sister, be thou the mother. Listen to this, because I don't think anyone's talk about Rebecca, how Rebecca was blessed. Amen. And this is the blessing that was given to her. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. What a blessing. And Rebecca, if you remember, she was the wife of Isaac and Isaac, he entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord heard him 
and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. We we're talking about how long and how constant is this enmity that God has placed between the seeds. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I this? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other. And the elder shall serve the younger. We heard that before. Or, well, we saw it. And matter of fact, as we get closer to Jacob and Esau, we're going to see it again. And, and that's where we're going into Genesis 27 chapter. Uh, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand, but I will kill my brother Jacob. So therefore we know and that Esau thing was a little bit premature, but we know that the seeds originate in the unseen realm, in the spirit world. That's before they are born or enter the earth. That's why God was able to say to Jeremiah, I knew you before you entered the womb of your mother. Over in Malachi, uh, the Lord is now talking about the unseen realm where he said, um, yet you say, wherein has thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. So that's enmity. And that's before, before Esau even arrives to earth. The Lord has already declared his hatred for Esau and how he laid his mountains and heritage waste and cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupting. Because God say, I am a great king and the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Could that be why the Lord had such hatred for Esau? Maybe Esau was a deceiver. After all, Esau did not stay in the lineage of the seed of the woman. God is a separator, okay? Uh, there's been a great battle going on since the fall in the Garden of Eden. It's a story of sibling rivalry, a root of bitterness that's permitted to flourish. Over in Genesis, the 10th chapter, it says, these are the families of the sons of Noah after their generation, in their generation, and by these generations or these nations, right? The earth was separated, divided after the flood. God himself divided all of mankind into 70 nations. Now, let's look at the serpent seed again, because what we're learning is that enmity between the seas is really the will of God. And if it's the will of God, then it's in unity with heaven. Serpent seed is identified in different ways. I mean, over in Genesis, the sixth chapter, it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God, that's the angelic host, saw that the daughters of the men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit, because God is eternal you know, he, he lasts forever and the angelic beings were uh, created to exist forever. So they were not supposed to be uh, intimate with the flesh. 
And God says, my spirit, which is in the angelic forest, shall not strive with men always, for he is also flesh, yet a man day shall be 120 years. And then it states, giants were in the earth. And after that, when the sons of men, sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them, which became mighty men of old, men of renown. Now, notice that once that union took place, wickedness upon the earth multiplied substantially. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. So let's talk about these sons of God, because once they made it, with the women and uh, over in Enoch, there is a, a book of Enoch that was in the Bible at one point. It's not there now, but it talks about how, and even in the Bible, I believe it talks about how these angelic force began to teach the women on earth the secrets of heaven. So the sons of God, the biblical name for angels were in rebellion against the Lord. And they came to earth, took human wives. And uh, their children were half human, half angelic. So these are called the Nephilim. And, uh, or, or the, and the sons of God were called Baniahai Olahim, which would mean they were heavenly beings. Okay. And so Job chapter one says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. Why am I telling you that? I want you to understand sons of God means angelic or heavenly beings. Okay. And this is where God is literally meeting with the sons of God, almost like a divine council where God uh, holds these meetings and discuss the good and evil. Uh, uh, well, the affairs of the world with all, with both angels, evil and good. And uh, God even said to Job, where was thou? When I laid the foundations of the earth, declare, if thou hast understanding, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof, when the morning stars sang together, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. God asked the man of God, Job, where were you? So the sons of God were angels. The question is, did they have sexual relationships with human women? Okay. And um, here in Job, the fourth chapter says, shall mortal men be more just than God? Shall a man be made more pure than his maker? Behold, God himself put no trust in his servants and his angels he charged with folly. What does the word folly mean? That's in Job, the fourth chapter. Okay. Folly is used to describe sexual sin. Right. Also in Genesis, the 34th chapter is used again when uh, the Israelites the, the 12 tribes, the men were out working. That's when uh, Jacob was alive and he was Israel and had his 12 boys and they were out there working in the field. And Dinah, the one girl that he had, uh, went into a uh, village and they came back and found out that the king's son had had intimacy with their sister. And here's what they said. Genesis 34 chapter, they said, 
They were angry. They were wroth because he had wroth folly in Israel and lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. So the sin of folly means sinful sexual acts, sexual acts that are not permitted by God's will. And the Septuagint, which is the document that King James Bible is pretty much derived from, there's a verse from Job that says he perceives, God perceives perverseness in his angels, meaning confirmation that sinful sexual acts were committed by the angels. In Jude, the first chapter says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah is so funny, Gomorrah is a, is a sexual disease and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh are set forth as an example, because their suffering is the vengeance of eternal fire. And, uh, you know, if you speak evil and despise dominion, you are considered one that operates in folly. Let's talk about the Nephilim, because that's what we're talking about right now as one of the possible serpent seeds, okay? Uh, the Nephilim, or giant bloodlines over in Amos, the second chapter, says, uh, yet destroyed, uh, this is God saying that he destroyed the Amorite before he sent the Israelites in to take over the land. And he's saying how the height of the Amorites is the height of the cedars. And he's as strong as the oaks. That's 36 feet. So the Amorites were as tall as 36 feet. And God is reminding the Israelites how he destroyed his fruit and his roots and how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and allowed them to possess the land of the Amorites. Our God is an awesome God. You may look small in your sight, but to God, you are an instrument of his power. And God's power is greater than any angelic seed mixed with human beings. Over in Genesis, the 49th chapter, even the tribe, so you can start out as the woman's seed and become the serpent seed. The tribe of Dan is such an example of that. Look in Genesis, the 49th chapter, verses 16 to 17, Dan shall judge his people. As one of the tribes of Israel, Dan shall be a serpent, by the way, an adder that bite the horse heels so that the rider shall fall backward. Over in Deuteronomy 33rd chapter, it's talk about Dan as a lion. He shall leap from Bashan. Okay, so Bashan is known for being the land of the giants over by Hebron, the tribe of Dan was comprised of hybrid bloodlines. So that's why you have the serpent symbolism. And they were located at the foot of Mount Hernan, which is the place that the angels came down and made their commitment to breed with the women on earth. 
It's also the land of the Amorite giant King Og of Bashan. Okay. Samson was from the tribe of uh, Dan. So the point is not everyone that come out of Egypt. Okay. With Israel was entitled to citizenship in Israel. Uh, that there was a mixed multitude of races and beliefs that came. Uh, yeah, they escaped slavery. But if they were without faith, they became a stumbling block to the children of Israel. And as you know, the Lord did not allow them to enter into the promised land. Matter of fact, they wandered for 40 years. Okay, because that 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 segment that came out of Egypt with the Israelites that were not actually um, entitled to citizenship, then they thought of the worldly comfort of Egypt, the, the garlic, the leeks. They angered God to the point that he sent manna. And then he sent so much. They wanted uh, meat. So he sent so much until they got sick. <laughs> Paul himself in 1 Corinthians 10 chapter called them idolaters, mummerers. Okay, and Jesus said that their names were removed from the book of life. So you, that that's scary, guys, for all of us. We can start out as the woman's seed, and I'll walk with Christ. And during the path of walking with the Lord, you begin to become a mummerer, an accuser. You begin to take on the character of the prince of this world, the God of this world, the prince of the power of air. And, and then you start acting like Lucifer, accusing the brethren day and night and start mummering. Next thing you know, your name will be removed from the book of life. You will no longer be considered the woman's seed. Amen. You're listening to Escape to Heaven Because It's Real and Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about how the woman's seed in the midst of all this serpency, can still exist and flourish. So over in Genesis, the fifth chapter, um, the Lord, um, there was this guy that was going to be born. He was the 10th generation, actually, from Adam. And his name was called Noah. Um, and guess what the name Noah means? That means the same shall comfort us. Concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. It's almost like Noah was a type of savior, restorer, you know, of the blessings of God. Amen. And that's in Genesis, the sixth chapter. After the fallen angels came down, and the world was so wicked. It is stated in the sixth chapter how but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. That terminology means that he was not mixed physically with the seed of the serpent. And Noah walked with God. When the angelic force came down with the plan to mate with the women of the earth, the plan was not as simple as, I desire this woman. It also had another side to it. And that was to prevent the declaration of the Lord from coming forward, from being made true. 
They figured if they can prevent the woman's seed from existing, then the prophetic word that God issued in Genesis, the third chapter, would not manifest in the realm of the earth. But God always have a plan. And Noah found grace and he walked with God and he was not mixed. Noah personally, individually was not mixed with the serpent seed. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, after the flood, because God has his plan and he has faith that he's going to be in union, in perfect union with mankind, uh, there was another chance to bring heaven to earth. Genesis the eighth chapter, and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all of the cattle that was with them in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. And the Lord smelt a sweet savor because when Noah came out, he did a sacrifice unto the Lord. And God said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I smite anymore every living thing as I have done. Okay. While the earth remain, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So again, God has restored the earth to perfect operation again. And so I'm going to go to the Bible, Genesis, the ninth chapter, verses one. And it says how God blessed, as he did Adam and Eve, Noah and his sons. And and that's why, you know, later on we'll find out that Noah could not curse his son because God had already blessed him and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. God, does that sound familiar? That's over there in Genesis, I think the second chapter when he made Adam and Eve and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, upon all the fish of the sea, into your hands are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. God did not give that to Adam and Eve. He's given it to Noah that now they can eat meat. Okay? Even as the green herb have I given you all things. Okay? So he's referring back to the original blessing, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood, so life is in the blood. You shall not eat that. Okay. All right. So we understand that. And then in seventh verse, he said, be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. Then God spoke to Noah and said, behold, I established my covenant with you and with your seed after you. Okay. I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore. Okay, and this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual, that means eternally, generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. So the rainbow is the covenant of God's promise to never again destroy the earth with water. Okay. And so the sons of Noah, 18th verse, that went forth of the earth were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. Why is that mentioned? And these are the three sons, and all of them was the whole earth overspread, mean populated. So 
God did not curse Adam. Remember that. Over in Genesis, third chapter, he cursed the ground. Now he's reversed the curse with Noah. When he, when he spoke with Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of your wife, okay, and eaten of the tree which I commanded thee not to eat of, uh, you know, curses the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of your life. And that dust you are, and unto dust shall thou return. But let's talk about Noah. God has blessed him and his sons. In Genesis, the ninth chapter, we just read it. But over in the 24th chapter, 24th verse, we realize that Noah became a person that um, do wine, create wine, or plant uh, vines. And he had gotten drunk, okay? When he woke up and knew his younger son, Ham, looked at his dad in nakedness and didn't cover him, okay? And when Noah woke up, Noah cursed Canaan. He didn't curse Ham because he couldn't because God had already blessed him. So he cursed Canaan. And he said, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. It is through Cain that we begin to see the serpent seed come through again with the ites, all these ites. In Genesis, the 10th chapter, 6th verse, it talks about the sons of him was Cush. So, you know, and Cush begot Nimrod. So Nimrod became a mighty one. Another seed of the serpent there, because the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Remember, that's what brought God down, the tower of Babel. And then uh, Canaan was born. And Canaan begat Sidon, which was a giant, his firstborn, Heth. So now the angelic uh, beings are coming through again. And that's the Jebusites, Amorites. Kyrgyzite, Hivite, Archite, Sinite, Arvidite, Zemarite, Hematite, and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. So even in Numbers, the 13th chapter, we talk about the Amalekites, how tall they were, uh, and the 12 scouts that went from the Israelites when they were in the wilderness before getting ready to enter into the promised land, uh, they talked about how they saw the children of Anak there, and uh, they were so afraid. So the Amalekites dwelt in the land of the south with the Hittites, the Jebusites, Amorites. They lived over there by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. The name Amalekite means dweller in the valley. Now, Amalek was the grandson of Esau. Wow, so here's another serpent seed because we were we were talking about the Canaanites. Now all of a sudden we're talking about Esau. And as you remember, Esau came from Rebekah, which was the wife of Isaac that had the twins. Okay, Jacob and Esau. So now we're realizing that, or we're learning from the Bible, that uh, the generations of Esau, who was also Edom, the Edomites, remember uh, the king that wanted to kill over in Esther, uh, that, that guy that was second in command to the king, wanted to kill all the Jews, all the Israelites, and Esther, he was an 
Edomite. Okay, that means he was a descendant of Esau. And we learned that Esau hated. Enmity is bitterness, intense hatred towards someone, normally siblings. So what did Esau do? He got married and he married the daughters of Canaan. So even though Esau mother and father were the woman seed by marriage, he became one with the Canaanites. That's the seed of the serpent, one of the seeds. So he married Ada and he married Aholibahma and she produced the Havites and Ada bare to Esau through that lineage uh, that came by Shemot. And then Esau's son, Eliphaz, had a concubine named Timnah and she bore forth Amalek. So Amalek was one of the greatest giants to exist. Esau was of the woman's seed, twin brother to Jacob, who became Israel. But he married into the cursed seed line of Canaan. His offspring became the serpent seed. But in the midst of all that, there's evidence of God's grace, even to the serpent seed. And Deuteronomy, the second chapter, verse number five, the Lord is telling uh, the Israelites that they cannot meddle with the Edomites, okay? Because he said, or, or he had given a certain land to them. He has given them Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. So, our God is still a merciful God. Even if you have personally decided that you do not want to be in union with the creator, God still loves you. Amen. If we look in Deuteronomy, the second chapter, we'll see even more about the identification of the serpent seed. Deuteronomy 2nd chapter, starting with the 10th verse, it said the Emims dwelt there. They were people great, many and tall as the Anakims. So there was another race that was just as big as the Anakims. And uh, they were also accounted giants. Uh, the Moabites called them Emims, okay? The Harims, the, um, they were giants. The uh, the Ammonites called them the Samzumim, the Samzumims, and they were great tall as the Anakims, but God destroyed all these people to allow the Israelites to take over the land of Canaan. The Lord said, fear not, for I will deliver him and all the people in his land unto the hands of the Israelites. So the Lord delivered into the hands of the Israelites, King Og, the king of Bashan. So we've seen different identifications, tribes in Deuteronomy, the second chapter of the seeds that would be considered the serpent seed. And we also know that no matter what, God still extends grace. There are times I didn't see Grace extended to the 
to this group of giants, but I did see grace extended to Esau. Wow. The woman's seed has a covenant with the creator. Over in Psalms, the 89th chapter, it says, For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thy establish in the very heavens. For God said, I have made a covenant with my chosen. And we know way back over in uh, where, where he chose, I believe it was Genesis 32nd chapter, where he said, but I chose for myself Jacob, you know, <laughs> the chosen one. <laughs> God says, I've made a covenant with my chosen. I've sworn unto David, my servant, my servant, that thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. We serve a great God that never forgets the, the plan, never forgets the goal, never forgets the purpose. Our God is always aware and always performing and blessing us, us being those that desire to be in union with the will of the Lord. The Lord sent Jesus to the earth with a purpose. Ephesians, the second chapter, it says, wherein in time past we walked according to the course of the world. That's you and I. We we were sinners, shaped in sin and iniquity, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, upon whom also we all had our conversation in times past because of the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, okay? But God, hello somebody, who is rich in mercy, amen, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, okay? Because it's by grace that we are saved. It's not our works, amen? And he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So even though we were at times far off, but we were made near by the blood of Jesus, right? Because he is our peace. He has made both seeds one. He has broken down the middle wall of partition. He's abolished in his own flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments. Amen. Because he's made of himself of two. One new man that he might reconcile both unto God. In one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and preached peace for through him, both seeds. We both have access by one spirit unto the father. Now we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I want to pray for us today. You're listening to Escape to heaven because God made it possible for the impossible to be achieved. Amen. I give praise to the God of heaven and earth, the creator of all things, heaven and earth. I thank the Lord for his grace and his mercy. Because over in Romans, the ninth chapter, he says, even though Jacob I love and Esau have I hated. Is God unjust? No, he's not. Is, is he unrighteous? God forbid. 
because he said, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy on and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So, Father God, I ask you today, Lord, to release your mercy, your grace, your compassion upon the seeds, Lord, the seed of the woman that have fallen away, the serpent seeds that knoweth not about you, Lord God. Release your grace and your mercy. Change this world, God, and bring it in union with your will so that the words that have been spoken prophetically will manifest that the glory of God shall be upon the entire earth. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, let it be done. I declare and decree that we will, we will, we will, we will be set free by the blood of the Lamb and the ministry of Jesus. Amen. We give praise to the Lord. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you next week, 1130 a.m. Wave 94.1. Escape because you can. Amen. Amen.